Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Wow, That's Super Aggressive, I'm Impressed edition. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I've said that about farts before. <laughs> Just like, wow, you went for it. Mm-hmm. No holding in for you. That's right. Very impressive. Just let it out. <laughs> let, being yourself. Amazing. This just reminds me of our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Farts are the new butts. (laughs) Today is in between 091, extremely hungry brown bears. Amazing. Amazing. And and the only bird known to impale prey. Also amazing. That's so violent. These are both such violent things. I... I'm obsessed. Yeah. I love some violence. Yeah, today is all about violence. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the already impressed Marissa Riley. That's me. Uh, I'm here, and I'm goddamn impressed, and I don't even know anything about these amazing animals yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to The Flaw. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, but now that I know, I am pumped. <laughs> pumped for violence. So pumped for <laughs> Like a true American. Yes. Uh, my friends, like our title suggests... We're going to start today with the discovery about everyone's favorite, adorable, massive forest creature. Yes. The brown bear. Yes. Oh, but before we get into some new jaw-dropping stuff, I thought we could reintroduce ourselves to this fuzzy behemoth. Oh my God, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, would you like to take turns popping off some incredible facts about the brown bear? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. From LiveScience.com, quote... Uh, brown bears, or uh, Ursus arctos, very fancy, uh, are the most widely distributed bears on Earth. They can be found in forty-five countries across North, forty-five countries across North America, Europe, and Asia, according to the International Union for Conservation of Nature. There are about one hundred and ten thousand mature brown bears across. The, these the mm. these territories nailed it nailed it <laughs> from bear.org quote while there wait wait bear.org <laughs> yes <laughs> amazing <laughs> wow happy, happy pride everyone <laughs> yeah Please continue from bear.org a lot of disappointed people i know it's on bear.org <laughs> There's always bear.com. There is. <laughs> Don't confuse the two. No. Very different. Okay, so, quote, while there has been much confusion about the taxonomy of brown bears, taxonomists agree that there are at least two subspecies in North America, mm. the grizzly and the Kodiak bear. I'm familiar with both. Ah, end quote. Uh, fun fact, bear cubs are typically born the size of a small chipmunk. Stop it. Mm-hmm in either January or February, but can grow to around 200 pounds by the end of the year. That's crazy. One year. Yeah. And you go from what? (laughs) Like one pound to 200 pounds. Mm. You've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the pandemic. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Yes. Continuing. uh, A bear's sense of smell is seven times better than a bloodhound's. And 2,100 or 2,100 times better 
more than hours. As such, they can smell scents up to two miles away. According to nps.gov, quote, when laying down to rest, uh, Alaskan brown bears dig belly holes to accommodate their food-filled bellies. The bigger the belly, the bigger the hole. End quote. That's amazing. Because so, they're got to take their little food naps and make space. It's the cutest. It's just uh, the cutest. It's like me when I keep buying bigger and bigger sweatpants. <laughs> A very relatable in-betweeny. Absolutely. Except for all the death we're about to talk oh, about. Oh, God. Here we go. Also <laughs> relatable. Anyways. <laughs> uh, continuing from this that site, nps.gov, Alaskan brown bears are the largest brown bears and require a very high caloric intake of food. Brown bears in Alaska can eat 80 to 90 pounds of food per day in the summer and fall. Same. <laughs> Gaining around three to six pounds of fat each day. Okay, but that's so much food. I'm I want to make a joke, but like that's so much food. That's it. it it's, yeah. That's like half yeah. of me. Yeah. They a eat, day. Yeah. They eat half of me a day. I would be done <laughs> in 2 days. That's right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, if you're curious as to how many calories that is, I looked it up and it's an intake of about 20,000 calories a day on average. Oh, oh boy. That's a lot. Now, my friends, we know that they put on that much weight because these lucky chunks are somewhat unconscious and hibernating for a good six months out of the year. Must be nice. Fucking lucky. Fucking jealous. Good for fucking you. Good for for fucking figuring it out. Yeah. You know, the rest of us have to be awake and and fucking, like, not finding good content. (laughs) So we've rewatched the old content, which is so boring now. Okay, I'm fine. It's okay. From... The National Park Service website under the tab Fat Bear Week. Amazing, amazing. Very familiar. Yeah. And Big fan. <laughs> if anyone out there doesn't know what Fat Bear Week is, please just stop everything. Just quit your job. Leave. If you're driving, don't even pull over. Just get out of the car and Google Fat Bear Week. Yes. Um, it's that important. Surprisingly, it is not uh, under the pride umbrella. No. It yeah. is just an amazing thing that happens, <laughs> and it is fun for the whole family, believe it or not. Yes. <laughs> From the National Park Service, quote, for bears, fat equals survival. Each winter, bears enter a den where they will not eat or drink until they emerge in spring. During this time, they may lose up to one-third of their body weight as they rely solely on their fat reserves, end quote. Mm. I love it. A, a, a species where binging is accepted yes <laughs> wow they, I, they made it yeah they made it for us binging is not accepted it's just monetized <laughs> yes it's wild mm. anyways tell me more sure okay <laughs> so all of this means when they finally do emerge they hungry and yeah. this and this fact leads us to our recent discovery slash study okay Ooh, so join me will you not in alaska not even in North America, we're heading on over to northern Sweden. Of course we are. <laughs> of course we are. I'm pumped. Okay. I'm pumped. That's right. There are brown bears in northern Sweden. Oh, yes, I know. Happy- oh, yes, yeah. I know. Right. Midsommar. That's right. Shout out. Shout out to our friends. Right. <laughs> at Midsommar. We have no friends, no friends. at Midsommar. <laughs> we just feel like we do because we love that movie. I like how I said we love that movie because mm-hmm. I'm confident enough. 
because oh, I know my that favorite. we both love. Okay, yeah. <laughs> talk more. <laughs> so, uh, we're in northern Sweden, and we're with a team of researchers from Nottingham Trent University, the University of Lyon in Spain, and additional Norwegian and Swedish researchers. Amazing. Now, these folks are working on a long-term project studying the lives of br- lives of brown bears in said Norway and Sweden. But their findings from 2010 and 2012 really raised some eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dr. Marissa, let's not bury the lead any longer. Please tell us, according to Patrick Pester of LiveScience.com, what was some of the eyebrow-raising stuff? Oh my God, I'd love to talk about it. All right, quote, a highly predatory 13-year-old female brown bear woke up from hibernation and killed 38 reindeer calves in a single month. Mm. Oh my God. Then 18 young moose the next month, according to a new study. End quote. Killing spree. Yeah. Buffet. Oh yeah. Reindeer buffet. Yeah. Moose are big. Even a young moose. Even a young moose. These are some like reindeer are big. Yeah. This is quite a task. Yeah. She was so hungry. Yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm, I only want the big gun. Like, I, that yeah. doesn't make sense. I just want the big stuff. That's right. It's amazing. Yeah. What, what do they call the supersize? Supersize it? Yeah, she's supersizing every it. day. Do they still do that? Has anyone been to McDonald's lately? Is McDonald's okay? <laughs> yes, I think they're fine. Oh, they're always fine. <laughs> yeah. So if you said to yourself, holy shit, that's a lot, it is. And good news, everyone, that was only one bear from this study. Oh my god. Yeah. Back in 2010, those researchers attached GPS collars to 15 brown bears and tracked them over the course of two years. They also attached proximity collars to more than 2,500 adult female reindeer to alert the researchers of close encounters. Oh my god. After looking at the data, eight of those 15 bears had very specific tastes and behaviors. Okay. (laughs) After their six-month slumber, these bears walked away from their dens located in wetlands and coniferous forests or cone-bearing trees and made a beeline to more rugged, sorry, made a beeline to more rugged terrain and higher elevations. Okay. (laughs) You're just waiting for the violence, aren't you? Yes. So this timing and location just so happens to correspond with reindeer calving season. Okay. Now, calving, this calving period is short. It's only a month long. And as such, those same eight bears moved on to the next birthing season belonging to, you say it? The moose. The moose, that's right. So they're eating all the babies. Yeah. They're going in and they're taking these babies. Deliberately, yes. Deliberately. They're eating some sweet, sweet, um, I don't know what... The meat for for uh, reindeer, some veal. Uh, yeah, is that it? Am I right? I think that might be cow. That's I guess cow. It's uh, Rudolph. I think they call it Rudolph. <laughs> so depressing. I love it. But yeah, they're eating a bunch of babies. Eating a bunch of babies. Uh, they're waking up and choosing violence. It's great. I I I felt the same this morning. I woke up. I was like, "Fuck everyone, be eating babies." <laughs> According to ntu.ac.uk, quote, once the reindeer calving period ended, the moose calving period began and bears started to select areas preferred by moose, which included being closer to deciduous forests and old clear cuts and avoiding habitats closer to open areas and public roads, 
end quote. Smart. They're smart about their baby killing. Yes, that's right. Amazing. You have to be smart when you're killing babies. That's right. I I mean, take uh, note. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Marissa, stop talking about the baby killer. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell tell us uh, how much on average did these eight specific bears eat and what dramatic turn did their diets take after the two birthing seasons? Oh my God, there's going to be a plot twist. All right, from LiveScience.com, quote, eight of the 15 bears were deemed uh, to be highly predatory and regularly killed more than 20 reindeer calves and five moved moose calves, I got this, Um, in calving period. Bears are not as effective at hunting larger adult prey, so they focus on hunting calves until summer, after which the calving period ends and they rely on berries for the rest (laughs) of the year until re-entering hibernation. End quote. What? Yeah. How drastic is that to go from like steak, 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 blueberries? That's (laughs) That's exactly it. Oh my God. Are y'all okay? (laughs) Like, I would cry. I would kill another baby. (laughs) That's what felt right. They don't have the. Yeah, it's it's not available anymore. Yeah, that's, I mean, so, what an adjustment period. It is. Yes, my friends, these eight bears double-fisted reindeer and moose <laughs> for a few weeks and then went totally vegan. Wow. Now, I know what you're thinking. What about those other seven bears? Yeah. Well, I get this. It looks like they simply didn't choose the hardcore calf-killing lifestyle. What? They registered less than half a kill per day. So What? Yeah. So what does all of this mean exactly yeah well study co-author antonio uzel fernandez a senior lecturer in the wildlife conservation uh, in wildlife conservation at nottingham trent university told live science bears have a preference and calf driven behavior may be innate and part of their personality i love that i love that this yeah. is personality it based is. Yes. killing machine versus less of a killing machine exactly yeah so this raises the question what does that mean being based on personality. Yeah. What does this mean, especially for the people of Norway and Sweden? Yeah. Because reindeer are semi-domesticated in Sweden and herded by the indigenous Sami. Every year, people kill any bear they see in response to their reindeer being attacked. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. So, right, but I can see it from all angles. It's really course. frustrating. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what this study shows us and how it can help prevent killing bears that don't really need to be culled. Let's, let's seriously talk about yeah. this. Oh, my God. Quote, differences among individuals are important from a management perspective. For instance, mere predator removal without targeting specific individuals may not necessarily reduce conflict, Fernandez said. The new findings may help researchers develop forecasts for potential bear-reindeer hotspots to help reduce this conflict. The hotspots would inform livestock owners about where bears are most likely to attack during calving season and help them take preventative actions to reduce losses, end quote from LiveScience.com. So instead of just killing bears, they're like, why don't we just think about this? Yeah. Why don't we just think about this? <laughs> That's right. Organize a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, look, 
it's like a it's like a weather forecast. Yes. The rains are coming in, so let's use an umbrella. You know, the bears are coming in. Let's put the reindeer inside. I don't know how they're <laughs> what they're doing there. I was like, get an umbrella. <laughs> I don't know what to do. But what if they brought them into their home? So Aww. like in their living room is just a bunch of reindeers. <laughs> On our couches and rugs. It's kind of adorable. Those are really cute. It's kind of adorable. We could all just hope and imagine. Yeah, Yeah, that's right, my friends. Using technology, we can reduce conflict and promote long-term conservation. And maybe even promote human-wildlife coexistence. Oh, my God. Whoa. Mind blown. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a great day? Yeah. Uh, After the break. (laughs) (laughs) A real-life angry bird. Amazing. My friends, yet another bird that's hardcore. Yes. Uh, but don't worry, we're safe. But other animals, though, holy shit, not so much. Oh my this God. Is, this is going to get intense. Oh my I swear. God. <laughs> Please stay tuned. Please do. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. (laughs) And we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts hey everyone jill chacha here from well that's interesting and i am absolutely thrilled to tell you about spotify for podcasters I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones... (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. 
And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, I'm sure you know the old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. I I am familiar. (laughs) (laughs) The world is full of surprises and you don't have to go very far to find something, say a bird, for example, Mm -hmm. that makes you stop in your tracks and say, damn, and then slowly back away. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Dr. Marissa, in a moment, I'd like to show you a video of a bird and one of its behaviors that will elicit such a response. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) So excited. So intense. But first, I'd like to show you a picture of the bird. Okay. And if you would, please tell us what you see, what you think this bird eats, and how you think it eats okay okay all right Uh, i can already tell you i think it eats humans Uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) it might i don't know if it was any bigger maybe okay Ah! so uh yeah all photos we talk about today will be on our social media stuffs and i'll also have screenshots from the uh video if you can't uh watch along with us in a moment uh but dr marissa please tell us about this little bird here i mean it just looks like a cute little bird yeah it looks like the kind you see in the park not a pigeon the little tiny jumping ones that you secretly hope will land on your finger um and it's it's really i mean it's like all snow white like you know surrounded by them just they're like doing your laundry and your taxes and stuff it's great (laughs) no but it's like a little tiny bird it's got a white stomach it's got brown wings um, it's got a gray head and it's got this cool kind of black strip across its eyes, yeah. sort of like a little, um, like a, it's like a raccoon, like a raccoon. Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty cute. Yeah. It's a stunning bird. Very athletic, streamlined. It's got a short curved beak and tiny talons. So tiny. So teeny. So teeny. So please put a pin in all that, especially the tiny talons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Marissa. As promised, I'd like to show you that video of what this little bird can do. Yes. Now, if anyone wants to watch along, and God damn it, you should, fire up your YouTube and search A Bird Impaling Its Victims is So Metal I Can't Even Stand It Oh my God! by Wired Magazine. Again, that title is A Bird Impaling Its Victims is So Metal I Can't Even Stand It by Wired Magazine. That's amazing. Um, Dr. Marissa, please be our David Attenborough and narrate what you see. What do you I, say? I will without um, <laughs> the accent. All right. <laughs> Or I could try. You know what? Uh, he, uh, he's he's getting his prey. Is that close? <laughs> it's, kind of. It's, it's British, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Just, All right. I'm going to give it a shot. Be, channel your most British, most inner old man. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Cheerio, darling. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here's... All right. I see the bird. And it is on a branch, mm-hmm. uh, a thorny branch, and it looks like there is a mouse on the branch. I'm not going to do this yeah, accent please. anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it's on a branch, and there, is this a mouse? Yeah. Well, the, and what happened to the mouse? It's impaled. Yes. By a thorn. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. right, you ready? Gonna, yeah. We haven't, we haven't even hit play yet. <laughs> no, no. This is a. It's a tight. It's like a baby mouse too. Oh my god! It's just. It, it's eating the mouse. It's just diving right in. Oh, it's just pulling innards out in bite-sized pieces. Oh my god! Okay, pause. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, so we've moved on to another, <laughs> another of the same cute little bird. And now it's sitting on barbed wire yeah. 
And in front of it on the barbed wire is a lizard that's kind of big. Yeah. That has been impaled purposefully on the barbed wire. Yeah. I thought it was going to be impaling things with its mouth. Mm. I didn't realize that it uses its environment. Yes. That is so smart. I am so obsessed. Yeah. It uses tools. Yeah. It It uses uses any pointy thing. Let's let's keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, my God. Here it is with this lizard. Oh, my God. It's impaled another bird. (laughs) Yeah. This is fierce. Is this the same kind of bird? I think it is. Is this a friend? It impaled a friend on a on a branch. Uh, it's just eating it. Ugh. The wings are splayed out. Yeah, this is this is like Ugh. brutal. Just eating pieces, eating feathers. No yeah. big deal. NBD. Yeah, I think we got the idea. That is amazing. Um, yeah, are we gonna put a picture of of this action? All of it. All of it. Okay, of it. <laughs> uh, take a look. Get on your little phone. Your little phone. It's like I'm talking to a child. Get, get on your phone, you amazing adult person, and then uh, take a look at this. Yeah, it's incredible. Yes, my friends, may I formally introduce you to the Shrike? There are, <laughs> that yes. sounds so German. Yes. <laughs> the Shrike. <laughs> there are a staggering 34 carnivorous species in this family of birds, and the family name, Lanidae, is Latin, simply translated to butcher. Fuck yeah, that is so How? metal fucking hardcore it's hardcore <laughs> so, it's hardcore uh which is pretty fucking apt because so far this is the only bird known to impale prey so round of applause to the shrike voila shrike yeah now i bet you have a few questions like where can we find these medieval rock stars and why in god's name do they bespeckle thorns barbed wire or anything that comes to a point with a dead body that's a good question. Yes. All right, let's find out. Please. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, let's get official. Okay. Where are these birds and what do they go after? Let's, let's talk about it. All right. According to the Shrike Wiki, most Shrike species have a Eurasian and African distribution with just two breeding in North America, the loggerhead and the northern shrikes. It sounds very uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> the northern shrikes. Yeah, the loggerheads. Uh, um, we need to stop doing accents. Okay, continuing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quoting Hannah Waters from uh, ad- aduban.org, uh, quote, The nine-inch carnivores catch and kill a wide variety of prey. Grasshoppers, crickets, beetles, lizards, mice, frogs, and small birds that can often be as big as they are. Once, uh, uh, one was once observed carrying off a northern cardinal after a noisy struggle lasting less than a minute, uh, by which time the cardinal was dead, end quote. <laughs> Those birds are big, too. Cardinals That's- are, yeah, and they're aggressive. They're but aggressive. This, this bird, more aggressive. More aggressive. <laughs> In less than a minute. Yeah. I thought I was going to say spent like 15 minutes going no. at it. Nope. Out. Out. Because it's hungry. <laughs> That's right. Now let's get to that question. What's with all the impaling? Yeah. Well, it turns out the reason is pretty ingenious. Okay. For you see, this wee nine-inch bird has wee talons. Uh-huh. And uh, although it has the soul of a raptor, yes. it, it can't get a good vice grip on prey like a hawk can. Yeah. Even though this little fucker likes to go after just about anything, despite its size. So to to stabilize its meal, it makes a shish kebab of sorts. I love this so <laughs> yeah. much. I love this. 
Once its meal is fitted on a pike, the bird can go to town ripping it apart, and it doesn't have to worry about it falling to the ground or losing it. Yeah. I... It's so efficient. I'm, like, mad. I'm, like, (laughs) why don't I impale things more often? Like, why don't I make more chicken on a stick? Like... (laughs) What I've been fucking up this whole time. I know. I'm so I'm such a sloppy eater. This is I'm such a sloppy this eater. Is so smart. This is, I, we're getting kebabs after this. <laughs> so, this method is so successful. Shrikes can even kill when they're not hungry. What? They'll take out a lizard, plop it on a thorn, and then come back when their stomachs growl. Oh my god, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So yes, everyone, let's take a moment to imagine a tree limb lined with bodies. Yes. Very Roman. Yes. <laughs> so, now, this is pretty amazing, maybe even shocking, but this is well that's interesting. And fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> and I wouldn't feature a bird with just one unforgettable behavior. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hold on to your butts, because we have to talk about how it kills things so much larger and heavier than itself, because the impalement is the end of the hunt. We have to talk about the beginning. There's a beginning? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Oh my God. All right, you ready for this? Probably not, but let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Marissa, let's cut to the chase. Please tell us, how do they do it? Nothing would make me happier. All right, from uh, Audubon article, from the Audubon article, shrikes have an absolutely brutal way of killing large prey. Quote, uh, while ornithologists... Am I getting that right? Nailed it. While ornithologists have long known that shrikes impale their prey, no one knew for certain how these songbirds managed to catch and kill relatively large vertebrates. Uh, A new analysis of high-speed video footage finally reveals the answer. They grasp prey by the neck uh, with their pointed beak, pinch the spinal cord, to induce paralysis and then vigorously shake their prey with enough force to break its neck. End quote. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. these things are like, <laughs> they have like PhDs in fucking killing. Yeah. That is so smart and simple. I never would have thought of that. I would have just taken a rock and like <laughs> smacked it in the head. That's what humans do. Yeah. yeah but this. It's precise. Oof, yeah. It's beautiful. It's so cool. It's, I'm really into this. Right? You'd never know looking at it. Never. At all. At never. All. Yeah, that's right. This bird kills the way a dog plays with a plush toy, going for the head and then grabbing the neck and shaking <sighs> violently. Now, the analysis Dr. Marissa mentioned was published back in 2018 at royalsocietypublishing.org. And it's for real called, come on, baby, let's do the twist, the kinetics of killing in loggerhead shrikes. Stop it. Stop it. I love that. Uh, I gave it a read. And get this. Uh, Researchers estimate that this bird applies up to six Gs of force on its victim. Amazing. And for a little mouse, that's definitely game over. To put six Gs into perspective... The paper mentioned, quote, victims of low-speed rear-end car crashes experience head accelerations of 2 to 12 Gs, end quote. So their attacks are basically little car crashes. That's wild. That is wild, this bird. How did it, I guess, it's just in it. It's just in it. It's just in it. (laughs) Wow. Now, I I don't want you leaving here today saying, God damn, this bird is one mean motherfucker. Because we've got another plot twist for you. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, its family life is equally surprising. Stop it. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, please do us the honors. 
let's let's talk about it um okay from shrike from the shrike wiki quote shrikes are generally monogamous breeders cooperative breeding where younger birds help their parents raise the next generation of young has been recorded in both species in the genera eurocephalus and corvinella as well as one species of lanius and quote mm-hmm. oh her hands are on her face that's right so the parents help raise the kids help raise the, kids the next generation help raise <laughs> it's okay i'm fine it's they're very really family oriented it's really sweet it's really sweet as an only child this is like everything i've ever wanted <laughs> No, this is adorable. I Right? These birds, how do they go and murder and then like come home and be like the best? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh like, my god. They're like a well-rounded family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, murderers. Well, a lot of animals are murderers, that's fine. But oh, nature. Yeah. Nature, everyone. Love it. Well yeah. done. So, in sum, this little bird contains multitudes. Yeah. And if you think about it, we're all headbanging and palers with the soft side, I think. I know I am. The end. The end. Amazing. Wow. What a fucking in-betweeny. I love animals. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What a statement. They're so cool. They're doing stuff. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening, rating, telling your friends about these really hungry bears in Sweden. Jesus Christ. And uh, this bird. This fucking metal-ass bird. Layers. So many layers. So many layers. And please, stay interesting. Please do.